Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Extra Time, a web-only sports program from Radio New Zealand Sport. I'm Stephen Hewson. In the program this week, former All Blacks coach Laurie Maines tells us why the All Blacks will romp home against South Africa. The Black Ferns chase a fourth straight Women's Rugby World Cup title. Kayaka Ben Fui talks about overcoming nerves upon his return to international competition. And New Zealand's Mr Hockey, Ramesh Patel, calls it quits. The All Blacks are on the verge of winning the Tri-Nations title with only the Springboks standing between them and success. Such a prospect would normally send a chill down the spine of even the most ardent All Black supporter, but not this time, according to former coach Laurie Maines. The two sides play at Soccer City Stadium near Soweto on Sunday morning, the venue for the recent Football World Cup final. The All Blacks are unbeaten in the series this year and only need a bonus point from the match to wrest the Tri-Nations title from South Africa. Laurie Maines told me that he can't see the Springboks getting close to ending the All Blacks winning run. I would expect uh, a reasonably comfortable All Black win. And, and there, there's two reasons for saying that. One is that the, the All Blacks are performing uh, particularly well at the moment and they've got their game plan sorted out but, and, and their forwards are playing very strongly. The second uh, point is that the Springboks clearly are in uh, a bit of disarray. They've uh, you know, got some problems at lock and uh, the full-back and centre I see as uh, definite weaknesses that the All Blacks would be able to uh, expose. Without Jacques Ferry, they've lost their best defender in midfield. So I, I don't actually see how the Springboks could come back uh, from what's happened in the Tri-Nations and, and manage to win this one. No element of siege mentality, given they haven't won a match at all? Uh, oh, the, they, the Springboks will certainly come out and give it everything they've got. That's the nature of the beast. But in... in, in in this particular instance, I, I don't think this team, because they haven't played together, uh, there's seven changes, uh, and they haven't been performing well, I just don't think the coaching staff of the Springboks would be good enough to have turned that around in, in a three-week period. The fact that it's not Alice Park, it, it's in Soweto, how much of an impact will that be, given there, I suppose there's still going to be over 90,000 people there? Yeah, oh, that's, that's pretty crucial, really. I, I, I just can't understand... Safu agreeing to the game not being played at Ellis Park. Um, it, it's it is a you know a bastion for South African rugby, and they don't lose too many tests there. And you know, if I was coaching South Africa, I would have been arguing very strongly, you know, for the match to be there because it is harder for visiting teams to win at Ellis Park. Psychologically, it's a, it's a real hurdle. Uh, this almost is a, a bit like getting onto a neutral ground. I, I doubt that any of the South Africans will have played there before either. Graham Henry's made the comment that the South Africans may be looking to play a bit more expansively with the changes they've made. Do you think that's the case, or is that a comment that maybe is a little tongue-in-cheek? I, no, I won't suggest that it's tongue-in-cheek, but what I will suggest is that he's trying to encourage South Africa to do that. <laughs> um, 
But uh, I, I just don't think they've got the backs there to be able to do that, to be honest. As I say, the centre, and although the full-back's a good runner, but he's, you know, he's just a little guy and he's a bit suspect. It's, it, look, it's hard to know. It, look, it, I'll put it this way. If, if the bounce of the ball went well for South Africa early on and, and they managed to score first uh, and got their tails up, they could be a dangerous uh, proposition then. I was talking to former All Blacks coach Laurie Maines. And while the All Blacks are chasing the Tri-Nations title this weekend, their female equivalents, the Black Ferns, are competing at the World Cup in England. New Zealand's won the past three tournaments, but England go into this event as favourites, having beaten the Black Ferns the last time they met in November last year. Despite that, Black Ferns captain Melissa Rusco is upbeat about their chances. I think we're going to be exciting. I mean, when we look at New Zealand rugby and look at the way the All Blacks are playing we're trying to emulate that a wee bit um, we've got pace so we've got to use it but in saying that you know we've got to do the the forwards have got to do the hard stuff up front and actually make that space for the for the backs out wide so we've got that we've got some skillful players we've got some exciting players who they could just step through and be gone you know so we want to obviously work to our game plan but we've got some individual talents that that'll be really exciting if they can they can fire You've got Anna Richards coming in and play. I mean, she's won three World Cups and she seems a bit of a character. Oh, she is a bit of a character, as I'm sure everybody knows. Anna's great on and off the park. She's got that leadership, ability and skill. So, you know, for some of the younger ones in our back line, it's great. And they can they can feed off her and, and use that as as confidence as well. I mean, I guess some people may look at it on paper and say, she's 45 now, but what she may lack a yard or so now, she, she makes up with it in in the brain, rugby brain that she's got and as you said for the youngsters to be around someone like that can only be beneficial for the future as well. Yeah definitely and I mean she'll probably be the first to admit she might be a little bit off the pace but you can't you can't take away the skill and make we get a pass and putting another player in a hole you can't doesn't matter how fast or how old you are if you can you've still got that skill ability that's going to be a difference and and we'll definitely be using that and uh, yeah the the back lines, it's going to be firing. I think it's really exciting just even at trainings to see the backs run. From a Ford's perspective, I like getting up and seeing them crossing that line, that's for sure. You're coming here without really, well, with no test match experience this year. How do you, how do you counter that? How do you, how do you work around it when like, the European sides have had the Six Nations, Canada and America have played each other a couple of times, South Africa have come up on a couple of tours? Yeah, it's, it's really unfortunate from, from that perspective. I think... Uh, just from a, a rugby and development area from New Zealand, I think New Zealand and Australia really need to look at it a wee bit more and I would think that the logic would simply be we could play each other in a couple of test matches at least once a year, which would be fantastic, and join in with the Bledisloe Cup with the guys. I mean, I think from a from promoting women's rugby down in the South Pacific, I think that would be great. Um, yeah, we've, we've been underdone, I think, a wee bit with our preparation, but as individuals, we've had to go back to our respect, working full-time or studying whatever we're doing and we've got to put the hard yards in as, and when we train back in our regions and then when we do get together, we've just got to be focused and, and really work on that team stuff with every chance that we get. And We had a week in April, we had another week um, in July and then we had a couple of days in Auckland. So it's important for us and I, and I think the players have done the individual work on things that they needed to do and, and now we've just got to put a little bit of icing on the cake to, to get through to the end of the tournament. Do you feel the pressure or the weight of expectation perhaps when you when you pull on the jersey knowing the record that the Black fans have got, particularly at a World Cup? Yeah, and it, it's a, 
it's a fantastic um, history, and and we use that, and we create a little bit of pressure on ourselves. I think, you know, we want to we want to be proud of our performance, and we we want to honour the jersey for all those people that have worn it before us, and and we're essentially borrowing it off the people that are going to wear it after us, and and we we put that as a high standard within the team, and so when we go out on that park, we want to do the best that we can, and. So I think the pressure a lot we, we create ourselves within the standards that we want to set as a team and we want to be as professional as we can both on and off it and hopefully if we can do that, those little bits, the results will come. That's New Zealand women's rugby captain Melissa Rusco. And this is Extra Time, a web-only sports programme from Radio New Zealand Sport. I'm Stephen Hewson. The former world champion Ben Fui admits he was nervous and a little rusty as he returned to competitive kayaking at the world champs in Poland. Fui took more than a year off after the Beijing Olympics and this year has been training outside the national squad after falling out with the national coaches. He failed to make his A final but says his wrist, which had given him some concern in the lead-up to the world champs, is now a lot better. The 31-year-old says it was great to be back among the paddlers he's known for so long. I enjoy that aspect of it and uh, I find that um, that's something that was reassuring today as I felt that I've, um, I felt my experience yeah, hard end experience from all the years sort of coming to play, even though I'd been uh, it's my first serious regatta since um, the last Olympics. It was two years ago, I, I felt that my experience was still there and I was able to handle the situation well. And it's just it was really pleasant catching up with a lot of guys I hadn't seen for a couple of years. And I think everyone was grateful to have all the top guys there, which meant you know, every, you know most sort of paddlers always enjoy racing the best. So it's good to feel that atmosphere. And they welcomed you back, did they? Yeah, yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, I've been um, competing with some of those guys since 2003. I've lived and trained with um, some of them in different years as well, so got some pretty good friendships there, and uh, it was really nice to get reacquainted. I was reading your website. You said uh, perhaps um, you're a bit off the pace in your heat, really. Yeah, 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 for sure. I was just rusty, not too different from Tim Brevins, you know, the Olympic champion from 2008. It's his first uh, season back. He's raced all the World Cups and European champs already this year, but he was still a little bit rusty himself, and well beaten in his heat and so therefore it affected the seeding in the same way that my result was a bit rusty and uh, so we ended up for a really stacked semi-final consequence of that was that um, and now in the B final with, uh, with another guy who had three Olympic medals so <laughs> it gives you a bit of an idea Yeah, it's it tough when you certain number go through but in the end was your semi-final time or the way you paddled were you happy with that though? Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, it was a big positive from the day is that we were able to, to build from one race to the next and the semi-final was, was a marked step up. Um, after the heat, we were like, OK, we're going to think really hard about you know, how the race went and how we can improve on that and um, that's something that we're taking a lot of heart from is that we were able to, um, to to try and work out what we could do and, and do better and then we were actually able to achieve that. So, uh, you know, very encouraging. And how does, uh, you know, your coach Grant Restall and, and uh, you sort of feeling that, uh, you know, this this has been good to the move towards, uh, you know, the next Olympics? Yeah, definitely. We, you know, we've been enjoying what we've uh, been able to achieve so far. It's only been a very short build-up. It's really only been um, a couple of months since uh, we uh, were able to get things to uh, a certain state of fruition, I guess you could say, and so the campaign is very short. So, yeah, it's pretty amazing. I think on paper I'm probably off times from today. I'm you know, well inside the top ten, if not top nine in the world. And for my first regatta since the Olympics, it's 
you know, we're, we're going head over heels about that, and um, obviously we'd like to be competing in our final, but we can take a lot of lot of encouragement and heart from, from, from what we were able to do so far. Yeah, so it has been very short. Do you come back now, have a bit of downtime, and then, what, do some regattas uh, this part of the world over the summer? Uh, we've, got, we've got a lot of work to do. Um, so we'll have a uh, we'll come back have, have a recovery period from this this world championships, and uh, we've got a lot of things we want to to do to to improve my paddling and um, you know, take a little bit of a step backwards to go forwards. Obviously, this regatta was a bit of a rush with two months. We just had to we didn't have time to to affect too much change other than just try and get as fit as I could in a very short period of time, um, which presented a lot of challenges and injuries and things that we've been dealing with. So you know, once again, it's we did pretty well off that, and uh, now it's, it's getting back to the bigger picture, long term. It was a wrist injury, wasn't it? So that's all uh, coming along, is it? Yeah, it was fine today, um, but up until last week, I was sort of walking on edge. I was, I was only able to uh, train once a day and train at any level of intensity once every three days. We normally I'm training, you know, two to three times a day. So I think that's something else that wasn't favourable for me is, you know, feeling in such you know, challenging conditions. I, I just hadn't had the hours in the boat. But hey, you know, that's, you know, that's what happens when you line up at the World Championships, you know. You don't get any favours and um, that's part of the sport. After Beijing, you know, you sort of took that time off and did triathlons and those sorts of things, you know, had a bit of an injury break and that sort of thing now. So the two years has gone by pretty quick. Do you think working towards London, you know, that, that's worked out well? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it wasn't kind of well, it wasn't, you know, enjoyed doing different things and... Yeah, I think it has worked out well. It's definitely, I definitely feel fresh and invigorated, and you know, I feel like a, you know, a lot more energy than I had in the Olympic year. That has been, uh, been pretty non-stop since well before Athens, right through to Beijing. So now I've had that break, and definitely feel fresh, ready to to try and um, you know take things to another level. But it's, so once you get to the, you know, to, to such a high level, you need to be quite strategic about how you you, you take that next step. And um, sometimes it's good to take a step backwards first. So I think it's been been good. That's kayaker Ben Fui, and he was talking to Barry Guy. This is Extra Time, a web-only sports show from Radio New Zealand Sport. The respected sports administrator Ramesh Patel is to leave New Zealand hockey at the end of the year. Patel was the chief executive for 20 years and has been hockey director since April last year. He was a member of the Olympic gold medal winning team at the Montreal Games in 1976. And he talked to Murray Williams about a career which started in 1972 when he played the first of his 123 tests. My first Olympics in 1972 was always stays a special place. But went to three Olympic Games. Um, we obviously got selected for the 1980 Games as well, but we didn't go, of course, to Moscow, and there was a bit of disappointment. But went to uh, four World Cups as well. So, you know, all of them all have special memories. I'm not sure any can compare to the 76th time, even though I played on for another... 10 years after that. I guess Munich and Moscow would have bad memories for, for different reasons too. Yeah, obviously the Munich one, uh, you know, obviously with the invasion at that time uh, into the games, you know, was uh, very depressing really. It's, uh, yeah, it was a huge shock. Yeah, so that uh, stays in there for different reasons uh, as a memory. And the Moscow one was, uh, you know, was a huge disappointment. Um, uh, I guess uh, it's sort of uh, probably greater for those who were first selected in the team, you know, who missed out on an Olympic experience. And I was fortunate enough to have gone to a couple before then, but certainly it was a disappointment, and especially at that time, trying to go away as Olympic champions would would have been quite nice.
what were your feelings about the... There was a lot of political pressure put on people not to go, and a few did. Some of the kayakers did, didn't they? Yes, they did. At the time, uh, I, I think, you know, you're feeling disappointed, but you just went with the flow of the government, if you like. But I do remember as a player feeling very disappointed, and then you feel just equally disappointed when you hear that, you know, the teams that did go, um, and some of the hockey teams that did go, you know, you, that starts to get a little bit upsetting uh, when that happens. And I guess uh, we go through sort of similar situations now, you know, even with uh, India back at just this year for the World Cup earlier this year, you know, when there was a possibility that teams may not go for terrorist reasons and, you know, we had one player pull out from New Zealand. So I guess these sort of things are going to be around for some time. Hockey's a truly international sport, unlike some others that we excel at, and we're seventh, both men and women at the moment. How realistic is it, do you think, to hope or expect that the Black Sticks men and women can do better than that, given the the quality of other teams and the amount of hockey they're playing? Yeah, I think the first thing would be to recognise the fact that you know both our men's and women's teams are in the top ten in the world, and, and that's no mean feat in itself. You know, given the number of hockey players and probably our isolation, but um, things have stepped up a little bit. You know, with both teams seventh, I think that's the highest uh, ranking for the men, a World Cup ranking. That's not to say it's the highest. For example, they came sixth in the Athens Olympics, but it's the highest World Cup ranking that they've held ever since the World Cup rankings have come into place. The women have been up as high as sixth. The men, they were only seconds away from being third and fourth in the Champions Trophy just recently and uh, unfortunately missed out and finished sixth. What we did prove there is we can compete with the top four, but we're just not uh, putting it away at those uh, crucial times. So in answer to your question, I think the men are very possible to be a top six, but we need to break in there and we need to play and beat these top six teams a bit more consistently. So at the moment we know we can do one or two, but we need to be able to do a few more. With that, of course, is the team and the individuals. Having them all available certainly helps, you know, because we rely on our players at the time all being available. We don't perhaps have the depth of some of the other countries, um, and therefore we need all our players available. So I think it's very possible to be top six and be comp- And I always think if you're in the top six, you're always competing and the opportunity to compete for medals. On the women's side, they're developing. They probably... Um, surprised us last year in terms of uh, their progress under the new coach Mark Hager and I think they're developing pretty well so um, I think uh, the target for this World Cup coming up next week will be the top eight at this stage would be realistic and I certainly think within the next couple of years uh, they'll be a top six contender we would expect them to be top six at the London Olympics. How much has the game changed since your days and, and how much have the new rules Change that they seem to have made the game faster from my oh, untutored eye. Absolutely. Um, look at the game now, and I just think that the players nowadays are just so much more physical, uh, so much fitter um, than we were, and certainly the skill level is different to where we were. You know, the skills that they're using now is quite different to some of the skills we were using back in our day. I mean, that's with the advent of artificial surfaces. Some of these players know nothing other than artificial surfaces, so they grow up on it, and the techniques that they produce on that surface is just quite amazing. Whereas we were brought up on grass and then went into artificial surfaces. So we were sort of in the 
the transition um, stage. So, yeah, the game has changed. I think the auto pass that they've introduced into the game now is just huge. You just get a huge uh, free-flowing game, um, and certainly you have to be fit and quick. So I would say, yeah, look, it's it's almost uh, not a lot of comparison, to be honest. Um, I think the basics of the game are still there. And I think whether it was in our day or now, um, you still need to actually carry out the basics very well and you have to be efficient in them. But if you're a good athlete, and I think that's important these days, you need to be a good athlete to uh, do well in hockey internationally these days. That's not to say some of us weren't. It's good, but I just think that you know the stuff that they're doing now, and also the sports science involvement, and and the knowledge that they have is far greater than anything we ever had. And I certainly think they're much faster and more skillful as well. How much are you going to miss your current level of involvement in the sport, and would you just become a a hockey fan, go along with the family, and so forth, or what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm well. I'm still coaching at club level. I have a daughter still playing there, and that's, um, my other son and daughter, they're both overseas at the moment but they're still playing hockey uh, look, I'll always be up there watching watching the sport and being involved in the sport at the local level and certainly I'll miss my involvement here but you know, it is time and yeah, I'll just look around I still haven't uh, worked out exactly what I'll do once I leave from here but I'll uh, work on that over the next few months That's New Zealand's Mr Hockey, Ramesh Patel looking back on his career and he was talking to Murray Williams that's the show for this week. You can email us any feedback at sport at radionz.co.nz and you can get the latest sports news anytime on our website. We'll be back with the next web-only Extra Time show next week. I'm Stephen Hewson. Bye for now. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.